Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this is a podcast, we welcome you to another episode of the Genius Cast. It is a snowy Friday morning as we're sitting here in Colorado. So I hope you guys are staying warm. Hope you guys are staying cool. Um, having a great day. Thanksgiving's next week. A lot of stuff going on next week. So the, uh, the schedule is going to be a little different next week. So keep an eye on our Instagram feed. I'll have an, uh, an idea what our, what our schedule next week is for our podcast. Guessing we're likely going to have one or two next week instead of our normal three. But uh, we'll get the games in next week and kind of get you guys going for Thanksgiving as well. Likely going to have one for the Thanksgiving games. And I'll have another one later on that week for the uh, Sunday and Monday night games. But... Before we talk about next week, we got to get through week 12. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about right now. We're going to, uh, on today's podcast, and again, I'm Jameson. I'm the genius running solo today. Um, Chris is out of the office yet again. So you got me alone today. So hopefully I can get you through the week and kind of get you on the right place. Uh, it's kind of tough with a, without a second person here, but we'll get it through it. We'll get going. We'll find out the, the, the right plays. Get you those W's with fantasy football playoffs just around the corner. Hopefully you guys are sitting nice when, in your leagues. Hope you guys are doing nice in DFS and all that stuff as well. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about last night's game, the game between the Colts and the Texans. We'll also talk about the breakdown of each and every game this weekend. Who do I like in each one of these games for Week 12? And again, if we have any other closing thoughts, we'll talk about that as well. But today's all about the game for this weekend, all about last night's game. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump right on to today's podcast. If you've not followed us over on Instagram or Twitter, please give us a follow. On Twitter, we are at FansportsGenius. Over on Instagram, we are at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And our website is always www.FantasyFootballGenius.com. It's not too late to get in with our premium articles. We still have our DFS and season-long articles still available for premium, uh, both weekly and full-season packages available. We also have our Mastermind Chat. If you have not checked that out, definitely give it a look. It's something that can kind of help you take your game to the next level, to have another fantasy football mind in your back pocket. That's right. If you have a question for fantasy, anything fantasy football, I'll get back to you within 24 hours, most likely be within an hour or two. With the playoffs coming around, um, we can't miss out on these playoffs. We've got to get these playoffs. We can bring home those trophies and continue the ball of rolling. I'm going to jump, j- go ahead and jump right into today's podcast and talk about last night's game, the Colts and the Texans. Take a little drink of water real quick. So Colts-Texans last night, uh, a big-time divisional game. Uh, Colts look a lot better than I thought they were going to be at, at the beginning of the year. Texans, are they not as good as we originally thought they were going to be heading into that game? Only time will tell. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Colts are a, a much better team than, than people realize, but I also think the Texans aren't as good as people realize as well. That defense, especially without J.J. Watt, is not um, the defense we're used to seeing in years past where they can kind of put pressure on the quarterback. Anytime in a year you lose both of your uh, best pass rushers in one season, it's going to have an effect on that on that defense. And losing um, uh, Clowney at the beginning of the year, um, wanting to get out of, the, out of the area, so they trade him to the Seattle Seahawks, and then losing J.J. Watt to injury. Uh, two key players I think that's going to be tough for anybody to kind of withstand and kind of keep moving. So that's why I think the, the, the Texans are a little bit, not, maybe they're not as good as people think they are. And it's not because their offense isn't good. I think their offense is legit good. I think their offense is one of the better offenses in the league. 
but they have to score plenty of points on a weekly basis because of the way their defense plays. So yes, the De- Deshaun Watsons, the on- Andre, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Deshaun Watson, the Will Fullers, those kind of players are really good. Uh, Carlos Hyde's a very good running back. Duke Johnson's very good out of the backfield as a pass catcher. But when your defense is, is, is giving up plenty of points on a weekly basis, your offense has to step up on a weekly basis. That's not going to happen most weeks. Um, you're going to have down weeks. So it's not going to happen all the time. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Houston Texans. Yes, they are a good team, but they're not as dominant as I originally thought they were coming in the year. I thought their defense would be a little better. But, again, that was with Patrick, J.J. Uh, Watt, and Clowney both in that, uh, on that defensive line, putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. As for the Colts, Heading into the season, losing Andrew Luck, your franchise quarterback, to start the year, I thought this team was going to be able to, wasn't going to be able to kind of withstand him, kind of uh, continue on and become a contender in this league. This defense is pretty good. The offensive line is holding up. They have a great ground game. Um, passing game is, pretty, is doing well with, with Jacoby Brissett. They're doing a lot better than I thought they were going to do. Sitting at six and five, they're well within playoff reach. They're well within the divisional reach as well. So I think the Colts are showing me that it's much more about the team than it was Andrew Luck. This team is good, and I think they're on the right steps. So if you're a Colts fan, I think you have a lot to look forward to this year and moving forward, even if you don't have Andrew Luck um, as you thought you are going to have for the next five, six years or whatever. I think this team is on the, on the right path, working up the, the internal line, working on the defensive line. Um, we, looks like Jacoby Brissett, uh, learning behind Tom Brady and Andrew Luck does help, but it looks like Brissett is the real deal, so they have their quarterback there as well. Maybe needed a few more weapons on the outside at receiver, especially with T.Y. Hilton kind of uh, not being the most healthy of, of wide receivers, but it looks like the ground game, Marlon Mack looks fantastic, but he's hurt, so, so uh, Jonathan Williams steps in. He's had a phenomenal last two weeks, going over 100 yards in the, in the replacement of Marlon Mack. You still have Naheem Hines out of the backfield as a pass catcher. You still have Jordan Wilkins, who hasn't really stepped on the field yet with injury this year. Uh, I thought he'd be a, get a little more look la- last night against the Colts. I mean, I'm sorry, against the Texans, but he didn't play in the game last night. No touches, no carries. I think they're going to ease him back in the lineup. So, if Marlon Mack is forced to miss um, uh, a significant amount of time, I think the Colts have shown last night with a tight game at Houston that this team is still going to be contending for this division title, even if they don't have their starting running back for a significant amount of time. So last night, the Texans beat the Colts to take over that uh, number one role in that AFC South. But again, I think this division is up for grabs moving forward with the way both teams played last night. Obviously, as I talked about, the Colts are a much better team than I thought they were going to be. And I think the Texans are a little worse than maybe we originally thought they were going to be because their offense has to do so much of the heavy lifting because of what their defense does. On to the upcoming weekend of games. I think there's some games that are, there's obviously some bad games this weekend. I think there's also some really good games as well. I think this is the first time in a while that we've had all three primetime games being legit games. Last night we had the Colts-Texans game. Uh, Sunday night we're going to have the um, Packers-49ers. And we close out Thursday, uh, week 12 with the Ravens and Rams. Three legit, pretty decent games on primetime. I don't know the last time we've had all three games being those uh, really good football games. So I think all three primetime games are going to be fun to game. Games watch, uh, very close games to watch, and uh, sh- sh- should be overall um, very talented teams, very good teams, all championship caliber teams um, going into this weekend. Fun weekend of football just as we head into the Thanksgiving week next week. 
First up, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills. I think this game's going to be much more of a defensive struggle. The 3-7 and seven Denver Broncos take on the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Again, I think this is a game where maybe the Bills aren't as good as that record shows. I think they, uh, they're going to kind of come down the, kind of, kind of come down to earth a little bit especially with the offense going up against a very good Denver Broncos defense. Of anything this year that we can take out of the Broncos, yes, they aren't a very good de- uh, good football team. Yes, they may not have a lot of depth on any side of the ball, but their defense is legit. Their defense is starting to make those strides. I think we're starting to see Vic Fangio kind of having his imprint on that defense and kind of showing what he did in Chicago. Now he's doing with the Broncos with a little lesser talent. But again, the offense for the Broncos just doesn't have, and I think it has to do obviously it has to do with the quarterback play. They don't have the that franchise quarterback they're sitting with. Brandon Allen, he's, a, he's a, I think he's a decent quarterback. I think he's a quarterback that we can look at as a backup for the future. But as a starting NFL quarterback, I don't know if he's a starting caliber uh, quarterback with these first two games. Hasn't really impressed me. He hasn't really shown me that he can't handle the situation. But I think he's much more of a backup quarterback than he is a starting quarterback. I like the Buffalo Bills this weekend. I just think that the home field advantage is going to be a little too much for the Denver Broncos, but I think it's going to be a defensive struggle. As for fantasy options, I think the majority of the game is GPP plays only if you play in DFS. As for season-long games, I think you can obviously start Philip Lindsay. Devin Singletary, I think, is the person that you can start. Cortland Sutton has shown that he's become the number one uh, option in that offense. Now he's going to start to get more double-teamed. How's that going to affect him? How's that going to affect this offense? Well, only, only time will tell. As we saw late uh, last week, he started to get more and more double-teamed, so that they kind of looked, looked away from him. That's either going to help the opposing uh, other parts of this offense. Maybe Cortland Sutton can find a way to kind of get open, being that he's going to be the number one option, he's got to find ways to um, get make plays to make himself better and his other teammates better because he's getting it more, more and more double covered. Love Noah Fant for GBPs, but I don't think I can play him in season long or cash games. But again, the tight end position this week is very ugly um, with with some of the big name players on buys. The, it just seems like tight end position this week is a very nasty nasty uh, position to kind of find your players with. So maybe you have to go with a Noah fan because you're, you have a Travis Kelsey on a bye or, or, or you have a Hunter Henry on a bye or you're missing George Kittle. It's a very weak position this week. So I think tight end is going to be one of those positions that is going to win and lose uh, people matches just because of how bad the position is. Josh Allen, I think he always – Always has upside in GPPs. Josh Allen, the John Brown, we've seen that, that upside last week. But he also can have a uh, turnover-prone kind of game. And I think this game against the Denver Broncos is a game that he can possibly have that turnover game. I just don't like the matchup. But I think he's fine for GPPs just because he has shown that ceiling. And I think that uh, the routes to get there possibly is there with the defense the Broncos have. But I think that the overall likelihood of that happening is lower than I like to look at for my season-long leagues or cash games. But GPPs, I think he's a fine option. And I obviously like both defense. I think this is going to be much, much more of a defensive struggle. If I'm talking about uh, sacks and uh, turnovers, I think I like the Broncos a little bit better than the Buffalo Bills, which is kind of crazy to say because I have the Buffalo Bills winning the game. But I do have the Bills winning a defensive struggle this weekend over the Denver Broncos in Buffalo. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Buccaneers sitting at three and seven. Falcons sitting at three and seven. Both teams kind of uh, underperforming. Both teams, uh, we kind of thought Tampa Bay would be there, be this way at season start. The Atlanta Falcons, I thought, would be a team that would be contending for the title this week, this year in the in NFC South. That has not been the case. Haven't got much going on defense. This seems like the defense has kind of turned the corner. At, um, 
the last few weeks. Matt Ryan continues to throw the ball plenty and uh, often. Last week, Brian Hill was a player that we kind of looked at as possibly being one of the better options at running back. Had a horrible game um, as a filler, so if you had to pick him up because you lost another running back or maybe you picked him up because you thought he was going to have a decent game, you likely did not sit very well. I had him in a couple leagues and lost both those leagues because he just didn't have the production he had. He was very popular in DFS. I didn't have much of him in DFS. I just didn't think the ceiling was there, but I thought the safety was there, which neither of last week was there. And I do not like him this week against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers do have a very good rush defense. They do struggle mightily against the pass, so I think this is going to be a much more of a pass-happy kind of game. Yes, the Falcons' defense has been uh, playing better of late, but I think this is a game that the Buccaneers can kind of attack this Falcons' defense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game with the Falcons kind of coming out on top. I think the, one of the most popular plays in DFS for GPPs is going to be Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. Julio Jones has shown in the years past that he actually absolutely dominates this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Last week, with it being more of a Calvin Ridley game, I can see Julio Jones kind of coming out and having a monster game against this bad secondary in Tampa. I think you can also play uh, Calvin Ridley. GPPs, I don't hate Russell Gage. Um, as, as we talked about, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of Brian Hill this week. He's not involved in the passing game as much as um, Devontae Freeman is. And I don't like the, him going up against the Tampa Bay rush defense. As for the Buccaneers' offense, I think Jameis Winston's one of the better GPP players. I think he's going to have a fine game against this Falcons defense. And, and, and we talked about Winston is a player that we can see kind of struggle and throw the ball, turn the ball over early and often. But I think he can also, um, as we've seen in the past, turn those turnovers into, into positive plays later on and kind of erase them with his touchdowns and his yards. And the amount of, amount of times that he's going to have to put the ball through the air only allows him to kind of have those turnovers, but also allows him to get those yards and other scores to kind of erase those turnovers. I do love Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin in GPPs. If we're talking about the tight end position, last week O.J. Howard got benched kind of for a, a, a horrible kind of interception that was his fault, the way it kind of bounced off of him. That brought in Cameron Brait, had double-digit targets, looked like a, a PPR monster in the game. I just don't know if we can trust this team to kind of tell us which one is going to be the tight end. Obviously, whoever is the starting tight end, who is going to get the majority of looks, is obviously a good play this week. Is it going to be O.J. Howard? Is it going to be Cameron Brait? My guess is it's going to be Brait because he's more of a safer option. O.J. Howard just hasn't seen that um, positive re uh, regression this year. Seems like he's gotten worse and worse as the week's gone on. Yes, he's had, he's had a couple good weeks, but not much this year for a player that that was very high on coming in the year, kind of having that uh, make that next step at the next level. Love the passing game for both the Buccaneers and Falcons, but give me the Falcons in a high-scoring game on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Giants at 2-8, taking on the Chicago Bears at 4-6. Bears continue to struggle, continue to kind of uh, not have the season that you would think that they would have coming into the year. Defense hasn't looked as dominant as we saw last year. Offense looks horrendous. Um, haven't gotten much going in on offense. A lot of that has to do with Mitchell Trubisky. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. I think that the, the Bears are going to be looking for the future, trying to find that next option at quarterback. I don't think they're going to want to go in with Trubisky next year as their starting quarterback. So we're likely seeing the last year as Trubisky being this team's starting quarterback. Does he still have some upside in him? I think he has a little bit in him, especially in a game like this. But Trubisky is not one of the better quarterbacks in the league, so obviously he's not going to be one of your uh, better options to start in season-long um, contests this, this year. I think the Bears um, moving up in that pick kind of uh, are, are showing that that was a mistake. He just, he just seems like he's regressing this year. 
can't get along. But call me crazy, but I absolutely do think that Trubisky and company is a fine GPP play. I think they're one of the sneaky options this year, going up against a very bad Giants defense. I do like Trubisky to pair with both Allen Robinson and or um, going with Allen Robinson and pairing him with either Taylor Gabriel or uh, Tariq Cohen. I think that's a that's a sneaky way to kind of hit hit on hit on a, a big time GPP. And again, with these GPPs, you have to find players that are low owned. And nobody is going to play the Chicago Bears offense outside of maybe David Montgomery, who's in a very fine spot himself against this Giants def, uh, defense. I think that we finally see the Bears kind of break out on offense. It's going to be one of those things where maybe the, uh, as a Bears fan, you might look at it saying, "Oh, maybe we're kind of turning the corner." I think it's fool's gold. I think it's a matchup you're going against. I think we're going to see this team kind of continue to struggle down the road. But I do like the Bears offense this week against the bad Giants defense. And again, Trubisky and his pass catchers, I think, are very sneaky for GPPs. Love Allen Robinson this week, and I think we can also uh, take a look at Taylor Gabriel or Tariq Cohen to pair with them as well in deep field GPPs. I obviously like both defenses. Um, Giants can have a decent defense against this Bears offense, as bad as the Giants defense is. The Bears defense. I'm sorry. As bad as this Giants defense is, the Bears offense is just as bad. So just because I think that they're going to have a breakout game doesn't mean that's going to happen. So I can also obviously see sacks, turnovers for the Giants side of things. And I think the Bears defense is going to have one of the better games this week against the Giants offense. That kind of struggles. We've seen Daniel Jones kind of struggle um, on the road this year, especially against good teams. The Bears may not be a good team, but we know their defense is decent at to say the least. I like the Bears in a low-scoring game over the Giants this week. But again, it can turn into a high-scoring game for the Bears if things go right, go the right way and Trubisky can play mistake-free football. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what looked like might be a, a better divisional game looks to be one of the worst ones on paper. Both offenses are horrendous. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers might be sitting at 500, but a lot of that has to do with their defense, not their offense. Missing Juju Smith-Schuster possibly, missing James Conner, missing Deontay uh, Johnson. There's a lot of people that may not play this week, which is going to make the offense for the Steelers an even worse play. But it also might help a player like James Washington, who might be a fine option in GBPs because he's been asked to be one of the, the lead players in this offense. also think Jalen Samuels is a fine play if, if, there, if there is no J- uh, James Conner. As for the Bengals... They've kind of turned things around um, on the offensive line, kind of, kind of changed systems around. So it seems like they're getting the ball more and more to Joe Mixon. And call me crazy, but when you want to uh, kind of turn things around, you give it to your best player. Kind of odd, huh? Joe Mixon's turned it around. I think he's a fine option this week against the Steelers, despite the Steelers having a pretty decent defense. I think we saw holes in it last last couple weeks. Um, yes, the Bengals are a bad uh, bad offense, but I think Joe Mixon has t- enough talent to kind of get things done. I think he, um, they're going to get him involved more and more in the passing game as well with those little dump-offs. Mixon's about the only player that I like on the Bengals. As for the Steelers, I talked about Samuels. I talked about Washington. I like Vance McDonald a little bit, and I obviously like the Pittsburgh D. Um, and if James Conner can go, obviously he's a start as well. Give me the Steelers over the Bengals in a rough Sunday afternoon for both offenses. Next up, we have the 2-8 and eight Dolphins and the 4-6 and six Cleveland Browns. Dolphins go back to their losing ways last week, losing um, after the back-to-back wins, Browns may have turned that, may have kind of turned the table a little bit and kind of gotten back on the right track. I think it's back-to-back wins for this Cleveland Browns team. 
Starting off the year with a rough schedule, I think we're, we're seeing this team kind of turn around. Uh, Baker Mayfield's playing much better. We're starting to see the targets for Odell Beckham. We're seeing that both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can coexist together. We're seeing the defense kind of play decent the last couple of weeks. I love the Cleveland Browns in this spot. I think this is a game where we might see Odell Beckham kind of have one of those smash games, kind of one of those huge monster outings that we've seen in the past. I can see a eight or nine catch, 150-plus yards, and a couple scores for Beckham. I can also see Jarvis Landry having a decent game, which is going to make me think that Baker Mayfield has a game as well, if I think both wide receivers are going to have decent games. Obviously, Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is one of the better running backs this week um, against a bad Miami Dolphins defense. As for the Dolphins' offense, not really high on anybody on this offense outside of maybe a share or two of Devontae Parker. We're starting to see him become that number one role um, with the Preston Williams out for injury. We're starting to see the player that maybe some of us thought last year or the year before that, that, that Parker might turn into being that lead uh, lead wide receiver. You can maybe take a shot or two on Kalen Balaj, but I'm not a big fan of him. Um, he's only a GPP option for me, and I don't even like him in GPPs much as well. I'm all about the Browns, not much about the Dolphins. Give me the Browns over the Dolphins on Sunday afternoon. Carolina Panthers and their 500 record head to New Orleans to take on the 8-2 New Orleans Saints. What looked like at season start to be a game that might be one of the uh, winner of this game kind of takes control of the division or take a lead over division. It's turned into the New Orleans Saints being a runaway for this division with the Falcons down, with the Panthers down. The, the Saints continue to roll, continue to improve their uh, – right now they look like they're going to be playing for home field advantage throughout. Looks like the division is locked up against these Panthers and Falcons. I don't see the Carolina Panthers putting up much of a fight against the Saints. I do like a couple parts of the Panthers' offense, obviously. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, I think, are both fine options. That's about as far as I'm going to go. Maybe you can go with a Curtis Samuel on GPPs. Maybe you can go Greg Olson just because the tight end position is so weak this, year, this week. As for the Saints, anybody and everybody is available. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. Uh, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith, and the New Orleans defense. I think there's a lot of different paths that we can have success here. Obviously, I think Breeze, Kamara, um, and Thomas are your safe options. Jared Cook's a little safe, I, I, I believe, as well. We know that uh, Drew Brees does like to use his tight end position more than Bridgewater did. I think the New Orleans defense is pretty safe. As for GPP, GPP plays, uh, Latavius Murray and both Ted Ginn and Traquan Swift are GPP plays for me as well. I do like Ginn a little more than Smith, but I think Smith has a lot of upside if he does get a couple of those deep balls this week against the Carolina Panthers. Give me the Saints to double up the Panthers on Sunday afternoon. And if you're playing the GPPs, on uh, in D DFS this week, um, one way you might want to look at it, if you can make it happen, they're very expensive, but if you can make it happen, I absolutely love the uh, the game stack of Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. If you can make it work, I think there's a lot of uh, floor points there with a tremendous ceiling points with those three, but it's going to be very hard because they are uh, very expensive, but making it work might be a game-breaking win in your GPPs. As I talked about, give me the Saints over the Cardinal, uh, Carolina Panthers. Next up, the Oakland Raiders and the Jets. Six and four Oakland Raiders taking on the three and seven New York Jets. This game can go either way. I think this game could be either an offensive uh, slugfest or a defensive slugfest. I like the Raiders in this game. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I like the Jets in this game, but I do like a lot of pieces of the Raiders' um, offense. I think we can see Derek Carr. 
um, Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller have big games. I'm not a big fan of Josh Jacobs this week. As bad as the Jets are against the pass, they are pretty good against the run. And I think without um, Josh Jacobs having much of an impact on, in the passing game and kind of being much more of a, a touchdown-dependent player, I just don't like this, the, the path to, to, to success against the Jets this weekend. As for the Jets, I think we can look at Sam Darnold, Jamison Crowder, uh, Robbie Anderson. I think Crowder is your, your safer play, or Anderson's more of a GPP play. But I think the upside for Anderson is tremendous, especially if this does turn into an offensive explosion, which there is a chance it does. But the chance of it being a defensive uh, uh, slugfest is also the same because both offenses can struggle. With, with, with both defenses kind of come up with the big play. So I think the chance for it to be offense and defense is pretty pretty similar. So I do like both sides in GPPs. I'm not a big fan of either option in cash games. Um, and only a few options are safe, in my opinion, for season long as well. Give me the Jets over the Raiders on Sunday afternoon. 8-2 and two, Seattle takes on the 5-5 five and five Philadelphia Eagles. This is a game I think, with the, uh, just like the last game, I think we can see a game either be a very op- offensive explosion kind of game or a defensive shutdown by the Seahawks over the Eagles. Eagles offense has struggled at times this year. I think this is going to be a game where we're going to see the Eagles kind of put up points, which is going to force the Seattle Seahawks to kind of put up points. And I think that's why Russell Wilson, he has a tremendous ceiling, but he also has a pretty low floor. And it's not because he's not good. It's because sometimes the Seahawks don't need him to do much in the passing game because they rely so much on the ground game. With the Eagles being very good against the run, I think this is a game that Russell Wilson kind of is used, um, gets closer to the ceiling than he does his floor. Sounds like Tyler Lockett is going to be a good to go, which is going to affect maybe a little more DK Metcalf, Josh Gordon. I think all three are, are playable in GPPs. Lockett obviously is the cash game play and the, the better play of the three, but I think the upside for Metcalf and Gordon are tremendous as well. Um, as for the Philadelphia side of things, I think we can see a big game out of Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. This is not the Seattle Seahawks defense of years past, so I think there is path for success for both Wentz and Ertz. I do like Goddard as well in GPPs, especially with him being a little cheaper than what Ertz is there as well. Not big on the uh, Chris Carson this week. I think with the Eagles being a very good rush defense, I think Carson can struggle this week. Um, yes, he is involved in the passing game a little bit, but I don't see a, a, a big path to success for Carson against this Eagles defense. And as, as I mentioned, I think it's much more of a Seattle passing game because I think the Eagles are going to put up points, forcing the Seattle to put up points, and I think it's much more of uh, through the arm and leg of Wilson than it is the legs of Chris Carson. Miles Sanders might be a decent GPP play. What was a popular play last week uh, didn't really kind of hit like we thought he would be last week, but I do think there is uh, a path for him to kind of hit this week against the Seattle defense. Give me the Seattle Seahawks over the Philadelphia Eagles in a close high-scoring game on Sunday afternoon. Detroit 3-6-1, taking on the 1-9 Washington Redskins. I don't see much out of this game on, on, on an offensive perspective of things. Yes, there's a lot of players that might be able to hit. Yes, there's a lot of players that might be decent GPP plays. I'm likely not going to have very many shares of this game as well. You can, have, you can go Jeff Driscoll and pair him with Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones or even TJ Hawkinson if you want. I'm not going that way. Uh, you can also look at the Washington side of things. And if Adrian Peterson can't go, you can look at Darius Geis. Um, you can look at Terry McLaurin, but I, but I don't like the matchup going up against possibly uh, having to go up against Slay against the Detroit Lions. I just think this game, uh, for me, is more of a blah game. 
I think both defenses can be played at, um, with, with, with the backup quarterback and the uh, backup rookie quarterback for Washington. I think both defenses are in play. Give me the Detroit Lions in a kind of a, a low-scoring, boring game over the Washington Redskins. Four and six Jacksonville Jaguars take on the five and five Tennessee Titans. This is a game I thought I believe both running backs are going to have decent games. Outside of that, I don't know how much uh, offense is going to be in this game. I think it's going to be a little more of a defensive struggle between the two teams. But I do like Leonard Fournette and I do like uh, uh, Derrick Henry quite a bit in this matchup. Fournette didn't look, look didn't have a, a big role last week with Nick Foles back, but I think that was much more of him uh, not being involved in the ground game because of the early jump out to a lead by the Colts. I think this is going to be this game's going to be much more closer, be much more taut, going to be much more uh, evenly fought. So I do like Fournette to get back on track. Um, if you're looking for a GPP option, I don't hate Nick Foles and DJ Shark or Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook, but I do like other options a little better. As for the passing game for Tennessee, I'm not really a big fan of Ryan Tannehill, but I can see uh, a Tannehill to Corey Davis or a Tannehill to A.J. Brown combo in GPPs as well. And I do like both defenses. I think we can get uh, multiple sacks by both teams and maybe a couple turnovers from both defenses this week. Give me the Tennessee Titans over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday afternoon. One of the bigger games of the weekend, Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots. I think this is a big game for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we've seen this team um, kind of struggle against the, uh, the the better teams of the league, the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. They've struggled against. They beat teams where they're supposed to beat. This is a big game for the Dallas Cowboys to kind of prove that they are one of the better teams in the league. If they are going to contend this year for the NFC title, they're going to have to show that they can beat these good teams. And I think at New England doesn't get any better for that. Um, if they can kind of hang in this game, it, it, it's, it's going to show me that they are the real deal. Their offense is the real deal, but their defense has shown signs of uh, struggling at times. Tom Brady has shown that he is also maybe ending the end of his career. He's not the player that we used to see in years past. He has kind of uh, not looked as, as, as dominant, I would say, as we've seen Tom Brady look in years past. With all the injuries in the passing game, I think this might be a game that we're looking at maybe Nikhil Harry having his breakout party. I do like Tom Brady to Nikhil Harry and GPPs. I think it's going to be a game that we might see the rookie finally have that monster game after coming off the IR a couple weeks ago and kind of have an impact last week. I think he had a couple catches last week and is really kind of his debut. Um, with the injuries to Sanu and possibly uh, Dorsett, it might open up a little more uh, – uh, opportunity for Harry. Obviously, Julian Edelman and James James White are about as safe as you can get on any team. The targets are going to be there. Um, the little dump-offs by Tom Brady uh, continue to be there for both players. I think they're both in very good spots against this Cowboys defense. As for the Cowboys side, I think, I think, I think the, the Patriots are going to continue to try to take, out, take away the pass, which might open up things a little more for Ezekiel Elliott. They may also bait the Cowboys to think that they can run the ball early and kind of shut them down late. Um, the, we, we know that Bill Belichick does have ways to kind of shut down opposing team's top players and right now it looks like Dak Prescott's their top player not Ezekiel Elliott so maybe we get a big game out of Ezekiel Elliott because they're going to try to take away Dak Prescott in the passing game which might open the door up, up for a little more Ezekiel Elliott. I do think Ezekiel Elliott is one of the elite options at in GPPs because he needs to be lower owned and I think he has a very good possibility to have a decent game with the Cowboys likely hopefully trying to run the ball to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Give me the Patriots at home over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Sunday night, we will see the 8-2 Green Bay Packers taking on the 9-1 San Francisco 49ers. Um, 
this game is going to be a very fun game to watch. I think it's going to be uh, a game that I think we've seen in the past. I think the 49ers have struggled uh, on defense the last couple of weeks. I think the Packers are going to be able to kind of get what they want on offense. As good as the 49ers' defense is, I think the Packers' offense is going to be able to move the ball and kind of get some points there. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, all in play for me in this game. I think all are, 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 are fine options, even against a very good 49ers' defense. As for the 49ers' offense, I think they struggle a little more without George Kittle in the game. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks. We're also seeing Tevin Coleman kind of not be the uh, consistent player that maybe we thought he was. They have a lot of players on this team that can kind of have production, so they they don't go to the same players over and over again. I do think that this is a Tevin Coleman game. I think he is a player that we can kind of trust in season long and all all formats actually um, in this game against the Green Bay Packers. As we talked about, we talked about the the Jones, Devonta Adams, and Aaron Rodgers side of things. I think they're all very much in play in all formats as well. Outside of those three for the Packers, I'm not, I'm not really sold on anybody else. It's just we don't know who's, who else is going to be uh, available on offense. We know that there's, there are other options in the passing game, but Aaron Rodgers spreads the ball over so much that it's hard to predict who's going to be the number two option there. But we do know Adams, we do know um, Jones, and we do know Rodgers is going to get the job done. Give me the Packers on the road over the 49ers on Sunday evening. And closing out the Week 12 week matchups will be the Baltimore Ravens and the Los Angeles Rams. Hard to believe this same Rams team was in the big game last year playing in February to where they are now. I think if they lose this weekend, they are not going to make the playoffs. So this is a must-win for the Rams if they are going to try to uh, get back in the hunt for that Super Bowl um, this year. Uh, as good as the, the Ravens have been, you have to even think that even Lamar, Lamar Jackson is even better than most people thought he was going to be. This guy is fantastic this year. He's been a phenomenal player. I think he's going to break the record for most fantasy points in the season. Looks great um, as a pocket passer, outside the pocket, running the ball. Lamar Jackson has shown that he is the real deal. It's going to be a tough matchup against a, a decent Rams defense, um, but I believe that we are going to see quite a bit of scoring in this game, and I think it's going to be the Rams that are going to come out on top. Yes, it's been hard to kind of trust Jared Goff this season. Has it been the league kind of uh, figuring out Sean McVay, or has the regression of Jared Goff begun? I think it's a little bit of both. I think uh, Goff is starting to regress a little bit. I also think the league's kind of stepped up and kind of figured out McVay to a point. That's how players become better players and coaches become better coaches to kind of uh, help fix that up. And I think the, the Rams are eventually going to be able to fix it. They are kind of hurting right now. I mean, with, with all the money they paid for Goff, with all the money they paid for Gurley, with all the draft picks they gave up to kind of go for the all-in right now, this team is on a verge of if things don't work out now, it might be a disaster over the next few years. So if they can't get it fixed this week, I think it's going to be one of those uh, rough, rough stretches for the rest of the year. And the next few years might even be rougher because they don't have a first-round draft pick. They have all that money uh, tied up in golf. They have all that money tied up in girly. It might be a rough stretch for the Rams. But as of right now, I have the Rams keeping their playoff hopes alive and beating the Ravens on Monday night. That'll do it on today's podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. We will talk next week about Thanksgiving. Uh, as I mentioned, keep an eye on our Instagram feed. Uh, I'll kind of give you an idea when those uh, the schedule is going to come out, what art, when articles are going to come out. I'm going to likely going to have a couple different sets. I'm going to have the, the Thanksgiving set, and then I'll also have a, a, a set on the uh, Sunday games as well. I'm going to likely have one or two podcasts instead of our normal three. Have a great day. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter. We are at Fan Sports Genius. 
at fantasyfootball underscore genius underscore is our Instagram and our website, www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. Have a great weekend. Dominate those leagues.